Um, what I used to do when I was a player, uh, like probably an hour before the game, just go somewhere quiet, you know, listen to my headphones and just close my eyes and just picture what I'm doing on the basketball court. Picture what I'm going to do. Picture that I'm going to be rebounding the ball. Picture that I'm going to be defending somebody. Picture that I'm going to be making the extra pass. Picture that I'm going to you know, make the extra shot when, you know, the ball comes my way. So just really getting your mind mentally ready, you know, for, for the game and just, you know, closing your eyes and just picture everything, what you're going to do. Uh, that, that was very, you know, that's been a very successful thing to me when I was growing up as a youth. This episode is brought to you by West Coast Beach, a year-round beach volleyball club on the west side of Los Angeles in Santa Monica, California. At West Coast Beach, we aim to get 1% better every day, both on and off the court. You can find more info about us at westcoastvbc.com and on Instagram with handle at westcoastvbc. All right, I'm here with the one and only Anthony A.D. Davis. A.D., thanks so much for being here, bro. Oh, no, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. All right, A.D., you went to Inglewood High School. You went to Austin P. State, four-year starter, and you finished third in school history for scoring, which is awesome. Had, uh, had some experience playing pro overseas, and you're the current Crossroads School Boys Varsity Head Coach, and you won the state title in 2018, my man. You're also the co-owner and head coach at uh, U-Ball Training, which is uballtraining.com. And your IG is at AD underscore U-Ball Training. AD, my colleague, my friend, Anthony Davis. Thank you so much for being here, bro. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's jump right in, man. What does living an inspired life mean to you? Um, well, it means to me um, just to encourage people. Um, when people see you, um, just know that you're upbeat and just encouraging, you know, um, the youth. Um, that, that's why I got into it. And, you know, that's what inspires me every day. Uh, the reason why I got into coaching is to impact lives. So, you know, uh, that's for me every time I wake up is to, you know, give back to the kids, give back to the community. And, you know, that, that's what inspires me the most, you know, is the, the youth. I love that, man. How do you uh, how do you stay inspired outside of the game when you're away from the game? Uh, really, really, my family, um, my family. Uh, you know, I have a huge family. My grandmother, my grandfather, my mother. Uh, they they really inspire me a lot because um, they always push that drive in me to to want to be the best. You know, so um, it just you know just them just depending on me and you know and and I want to make them proud. I want to have my family you know proud of everything I'm doing. So. You know, I, I would probably say my family probably motivates me, uh, you know, inspires me the most. That's awesome. You know, uh, you're, you're a colleague of mine and we, you know, we shared the gym together uh, for, for a few years. And I just always remember you just kind of having this energy of just like always upbeat, always positive, always happy, always inspired, you know, like, yes. like how do you do that on a consistent basis? Like, it just seems like you're just so consistent with that. Yeah, well, you know, it just starts with your, you know, your routine, you know, um, you know, just wake up, I wake up, I, you know, say my prayers and the uh, first thing to, you know, and then I meditate and just to get all that, you know, negative energy and just get my thoughts together for the day. And just like I said, you know, when I see kids, I want to let them know like, hey, like I'm expired, I'm ready, I'm ready to work, you know, uh, when I see them, it just, I'm always upbeat. And, you know, I think that that's mostly what it is. It's just getting prepared for the day, really waking up early. Um, you know, I'm, you know, huge, you know, believe in faith. So, you know, my prayers and meditation, uh, things like that really help me, you know, start my day. And when I see those guys and, you know, it just brings my energy. I, I love what I do. So it, it's very easy for me to get my energy up when I see my guys because, you know, I just love it. So that, that's great. So you mentioned meditation and it's so cool to hear that because like, you know, I, I try my best to do that. But like so many of my guests on this show, have talked about meditation as like a primary tool that they use. And, yes. um, you know, this show is all about the tools, you know, what kind of tools can we offer that, that we can share specifically to the youth athlete, but talk a little bit about meditation, you know, like how do you get started with that? And like, you know, how do you continue to do it? It's cause it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, well, well actually it's pretty funny because uh, I actually started reading uh, Phil Jackson's uh, book and, and it, that really motivated me to, you know, start meditation after reading what he was saying about the meditation and how, you know, thoughts in your mind just leaves and, you know, it, it helps you, you know, even dealing 
with basketball in a game when you're in, you know, uh, like harsh or, or tough, you know, crowds or something like that, you're kind of at peace. So it, it's really for me to, you know, a lot of kids mess up and, you know, might make me mad, but, you know, I felt like that meditation kind of always bring me back to ease me, like, okay, you know, breathe and get my mind and clear and stuff like that. So uh, it, it really has been really beneficial to me because, as you know, uh, basketball, you know, it's a reaction sport, so it's very fast, you know, and emotions could get high, you know. So it just really keeps me at, you know, really even keel um, after, you know, meditating and putting my mind at ease. So, okay, so, like, do you do it for, like, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes? Like, uh, well, how, well, how does I'll, it work? Well, I started, I started off around about 15 minutes. Well, actually, 10 minutes. I started off 10 minutes kind of went up to 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and now I'm at, I'm at about 30 minutes. Really? I'm just sitting there, you know, listening to the music, you know, uh, thoughts are going through my head. But, you know, just like as the book say, that when the thoughts go right in, they go right out. You know, you, you're not just really sitting there thinking your mind is loose, your body, you know, it seems like you're at a, a whole nother place, you know. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Would you recommend uh, the youth athletes start to get into that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it really gets in tune, you know, with, with you you know um what what really triggers you um you know staying patient things like that that's awesome man um let's let's talk about practice what does having an inspired practice mean to you and and before you answer you know i've 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 seen a couple of your practices man and and they are inspiring so you know like yeah. what what about it makes it inspiring um just really i mean it's it's so cliche but just that we're out here on the court and get to get a chance to you know play this game we love basketball um you know i grew up in a rough neighborhood um and just like i tell the kids my, my you know my little brother my little brother um, was actually shot in the back and can't walk uh, so you know he's in a wheelchair and every time he comes to my game and he sees he's like man i wish i can you know play like i used to and you know and i'll take that back to my kids it's like hey like you guys take little things for granted that you know just by walking you know that's something that you know, you, you can't take a, you know, can't take advantage of. Uh, so, you know, when I go into my practices, you know, we, we start off by having conversations, you know, saying, you know, you know, things like that, like, Hey man, let's get inspired. Let's work hard, you know, because you know, any day, you know, this can be the last day that you can work hard, you know, you know, with all this stuff with the COVID, you know, um, and that's what I'm taking from all this stuff as well is that I'm going to come in every practice, every game, and treat it like it's my last. I'm going to come in here, give it my all, and make sure, you know, my players and teammates and my coaches give it their all as well. Wow. Um, that's intense, man. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I knew that. that um, wow. What about, a, what about an uninspired practice? Because it's kind of hard to have an inspired practice all the time, right? When an uninspired practice uh, happens what do you do and what are some tools that you that you do as a coach to kind of snap that back around yeah so so what I do because you know we have it you know with basketball we might have a tournament it might be four, four games in a row then we might have to practice after and everybody's tired and you know just sluggish or it might you know as you know your coach Mondays come around yeah. you know, after the weekend <laughs> Mondays is always that you know, slow practice. So what, what I try to do is just try to come up with clever ways to just keep them engaged, you know? So we might, um, I, I see them sluggish. I might say, you know what? Okay. You know, pick, pick two teams and just say, Hey, first team to score one, one point, you know, wins the other team will be on the baseline. And then that kind of is like, Oh, and then, you know, just make everything in my practice, honestly, competition, you know, to keep them, to keep them on their toes, to keep them, you know, like, Hey, I have to make eight out of 10. You know, I can't just say like, oh, I'm going to just make 10. No, I have to make eight out of 10. So just kind of using, you know, those techniques to kind of kind of fool them, to push them to, you know, be inspired to be here. Right, right. That's cool. Let's, let's talk about a game. What does an inspired game feel like to you? Oh, man, it's just, uh, you know, to me, it's like when I'm in my zone and, and I can feel it is when, you know, my, my players are running an offense to a tee. Um, they're, they're executing plays, they're executing on defense. And, and honestly, when I know I'm in a zone is when I can't even hear the crowd. I can't even hear a crowd. It just seems like it's just me and my team and we're all, all on one note. You know, it's just like, you know, when you're a musician, you know, and, and the guy's up there and he's doing things like this. And, and it kind of feels like that, you know, when, when you're, you know, directing, you know, musical, 
so that's when I feel like, you know, I'm in the zone. We were having a good game and, you know, everybody's expired on the court. That's, that's great. Now, how does an inspired practice carry over to an inspired game? Oh, uh, it's very, very important. Um, you know, that's what we kind of build ourselves on is, you know, just being encouraged in practice because everything transfers over. So really, I try to make our practices harder than our games. You know, I try to make, you know, in practice, we were intense, we're loud, we're encouraging each other. So when it's the game time, it just transfers over. Nothing, nothing is different. We just transfers over to another opponent, you know, so that's how I kind of, you know, just keep it, you know, kind of balanced for both practice and the games when the transfer is over. Yeah. Um, this is just coming to my mind, AD. Like, how do you separate, <clears throat> how do you separate if, uh, let's say one of your players is having a tough time outside of the game, right? Yeah. And then they come into the gym and they're carrying that with them. How do you separate that? Or do you uh, not? Or do you keep well, it all? Well, what I, what I do is that, you know, I always tell, you know, my players, first of all, my, my door is always open to have conversations. And, and sometimes you can kind of see it. I mean, as a coach, you can kind of see it. So what I always do is I call them in the office to, you know, to talk to them after practice or maybe before practice. It depends on, it, you know, how I see them. But, you know, just to talk about it and just to let them know that, like, hey, it's okay what you're going through, but let's use this, you know, basketball to, to you know, to alter that, you know, you know, your, your, you know, being mad or sad or your emotion. Um, right. Don't forget about it, but, you know, work through it. This is a place where you can kind of, you know, let all your steam and everything out and be you, you know, this is the two hours that you can, you know, do you. So, mm -hmm. you know, let that stuff go. It'll be okay. But, but just knowing that, you know, it's with us, as you know, it's, it's bigger than basketball. So, you know, if, if I see that, I might tell the kid, like, hey, you know, let's, let's go grab lunch after practice. Let's go, you know, hang out and talk. And, and, and when we talk, we do not talk any basketball. You know, it's actually, you know, how's your mother? How's your parents? How's your brother? How's school going? You know, it's more conversations of, you know, real life. What are you going through? And, and I feel like it's really been successful because, um, you know, the kids, they, they play for you. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, I won a state championship. We didn't have any, you know, any new transfers come in. We had, you know, same old team and actually we lost a player, but you know, the kids, they really trusted me. You know, they, they really trusted me. I trusted them and we, we had one mission and, and we had one goal and, you know, we, we gave it our all together. So, you know, that, that's how I feel. Let's talk about the mindset of that championship game and, and just talk about the mindset of, uh, from your players and from your staff and how it all kind of came together. Um, well, it, it's, it's funny. I'll try to make it, you know, pretty short. Um, but a, a, as you know, um, that was my first year as head coach. So, you know, earlier in the season, of course, we had a tough schedule because, you know, we had players like Sharif O'Neal, DJ Houston, we had, you know, other five or six other seniors. So, you know, we had a pretty, you know, deep team. And, you know, we scheduled pretty well, you know, to have a lot of competition. So when we started off, it was kind of rocky. And, you know, even players were starting to be like, you know, starting to wonder like, okay, when is this thing going to turn around? When is stuff going to start to work? And I remember one game, um, we played Foothill Christian. And we, we had a chance to win in overtime. And one of our players, not going to say his name, missed a wide open layup two times in a row for the game. And we lost. And that tournament, we were one and three. And I went back into the locker room. Their heads was down. They were beat up. But as a coach, you could see your team growing. You know, even though you don't win games, you could see your team growing. And I went in there and was confident to them and was not, not mad at all. And I looked that kid in the face and was like, hey, it's okay you're going to get better. You know, you missing them layups, I promise you after this game, you will never miss those layups again, you know, and, and to get better. And, and, you know, he started to believe and, and the team just started to believe. They, they understood that I wasn't just riding them when they make mistakes. You know, I was with them talking through it and was positive. So, you know, we were positive and, and I just made that the whole, you know, the whole method of the, the, the year because it's like, you know, hey, everybody wants to see us lose. You know, we have a high-profile player, you know, but everybody wants to see us lose, but we have to stick together no matter what. We have to stick together. 
So once we had those talks and we got together, I believe we went on a uh, 16 out of 17 game winning streak. Uh, only team we lost to was Sierra Canyon that year by six points. Um, so we, we were, were all good, headed into the CIF championship, win four games, get to the championship against a rival, and we lose. We lose bad in front of everybody. Um, and, and it was just a tough time for, for myself being the first year, you know, to get to the championship game of the CIF and lose it and really go back into the locker room with seven seniors uh, with their emotions high to, you know, to tell them, hey, it's okay. Hey, right. it's all right that we still actually have life left, you know. So that was probably one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do was, you know, lose in a championship game, go to the locker room, deal with, you know, these young men that put everything in a game. I've been there with them, put everything in a game and just come up short. And just to have to talk to them, to get them to honestly let it go, you know. So having that conversation, having that conversation with them in the locker room, uh, and then the very next day have a practice, and to come in there just like just like you said, like upbeat, you know. It was very important that I couldn't let them see me hurt, even though I was hurt. You know, I was disappointed not in them, but in myself. Um, and to come in that practice like nothing never happened. Like, I, we didn't just play a game yesterday, you know, and just – and they looked and was like, like, okay. And, and that, you know, that, you know, inspired them to, you know, hey, forget that. Let, let's go. And just like I told them, man, we got five more games. We still have life. And we go through those five games, get to that state championship. And in the previous championship of the CIF, Sharif didn't have a, a pretty good game at all. And that state championship game – you know, before the game, I told him, like, like, hey, man, this is your show. And, and he cut me off and was like, coach, I got you, and I will never let you down again. And I'm like, let's go. And he put on the performance. I think it was 29 points, 15 rebounds, six blocks. Like, it was, it was amazing. And, you know, my first year, we ended up winning the state championship, you know. So it, it was pretty surreal. It was honestly like a, like a movie. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's so cool, man. Like that empathy that you're talking about that you have for your players, you know, I think that's a, that's a, that's a huge skill. So it's a talent and a skill that, would you say it's a skill that having that empathy? Oh, yeah. Because you know, not everybody has that. Yeah, yeah. Not, not everybody have that at all, at all. Yeah, and I think that's a really good lesson from that time. But um, since you mentioned Sharif, you know, just talk a little bit about, you know, uh, you know, coaching him and, and, you know, because his dad is Shaq, having Shaq around. Just just talk a little bit about that dynamic. Um, it was probably, man, it was probably one of the best kids I've ever coached. Uh, just because, you know, you, you think, you know, from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, it's Shaq's son. And, you know, he's arrogant. Oh, he thinks he's this. He thinks he's that. or And he is totally the opposite. He's the one of the most coachable kids I've ever met never talk back, never, you know, forget you coaching, go rogue, do his own thing. No, he's always coachable there every single time, like locked in and, and a leader, you know, never complain. And uh, I mean, it was a blessing to, to actually coach a, you know, kid like him. And to, you know, you mentioned Shaq, you know, cause I get it a lot. Like a lot of people ask me like, oh man, I know Shaq is telling you what to do or is he giving you a hard time? Is he telling you to give his son the ball? And, and honestly, it was opposite of that. You know, Shaq, you know, we, we probably had one conversation about basketball. You know, he pulled me to the side and was like, oh, hey, show me, show me some stuff. And I showed him some stuff. And that was, that was it. Other than that, he, you know, he was always supportive, always had my back, always was in my corner, always giving me positive feedback. And, and let me coach his son, you know, let me do me. And, yeah. you know, I will, you know, appreciate him so, so much for that because, you know, growing up, you know, it's like, you know, Shaq was my idol. And to come and coach his son and also be around him is it's like, you know, not act like a little kid, like, oh, man, I'm just excited that he's here. But, but that he really, you know, didn't know me but just trusted me, a young, you know, black African-American man, you know, with his son you know I've never had a head coaching job before this and I get the coaching job and he's a hundred percent behind me I mean it, it was I mean yeah it was it was incredible you know and that whole not just him 
But, uh, you know, Shawnee O'Neal, I have to give her her credit as well um, because, you know, both of those raising, you know, not just him, but their kids, man, they're all polite. Um, I mean, they're just a great, great family, and they did a, a great job of, of raising their kids for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, that's really cool. I, I appreciate you you talking about them like that because, um, you know, my experiences with them at Crossroads were very similar. You know, they're they're just very – very nice. They're, just, yeah. they're, they're very nice people, you know? Yeah, easy going. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Let's, let's shift gears. Let's talk about emotion. Okay. What are the differences and similarities in emotion from both the inspired practice and inspired game? Yeah, well, you know, the emotion is, is kind of more different for, for uh, practice than a game to me. Right. Um, just because in practice, I'm a little bit more vocal. I'm a little bit more you know, on the guys, because when it's game time, I, I let back and, you know, and that's what practice is for. Like, hey, I'm trusting you with my team. And I've been fortunate to have great point guards, you know, DJ Houston and Yuki, mm -hmm. where, you know, I'm on them in practice in the game. It's like, hey, it's your show, you know, and giving the kids that freedom and they feel much better, right. you know. And, you know, so my emotions in practice is just really, really intense and fired up. And in the game, you know, I really just try to keep a, a you know, even keel emotion. You know, if, if we're doing good, if we're doing bad, you know, just letting the guys know, like, hey, I'm never too high, I'm never too low. I'm going to stay just like this. And as long as you stay just like that, you know, no matter what happens, you know, we're going to be successful. What are some uh, emotional management tools that you can offer for any youth athlete um, listen, who may be listening to this right now? Uh, really just, just like I said, we talked about earlier, just meditation. Um, what I used to do when I was a player, uh, like probably an hour before the game, just go somewhere quiet, you know, listen to my headphones and just close my eyes and just picture what I'm doing on the basketball court. Picture what I'm going to do. Picture that I'm going to be rebounding the ball. Picture that I'm going to be defending somebody. Picture that I'm going to be making the extra pass. Picture that I'm going to you know, make the extra shot when, you know, the ball comes my way. So just really getting your mind mentally ready you know, for, for the game and just, you know, closing your eyes and just picture everything, what you're going to do. Uh, that, that was very, you know, that's been a very successful thing to me when I was growing up as a youth. Yeah. Yeah. That visualization is key. I mean, because, yeah. and then I, th I think, you know, the most important part about the visualization is not just to see it, but to actually attach the motion, the emotion to it, you yeah. know, so you can feel it first. Like, yeah. like, like, let's say, and, and, you know, you correct me if I'm wrong, but let's say, uh free throws for example like isn't yep. isn't it a good practice to visualize the, the ball going in the hoop and then like feeling the feeling of yes yep thousand percent thousand yeah. percent yeah, you know and that's what we do at, at practices because uh we actually have a bit of really good free throw shooting team so and it's funny that's what we do you know we you know like hey you know balls up we're doing we're doing you know uh yoga and zen you know <laughs> i mean meditation and we were picturing free throws going in I, I might have them lay on their back and they're shooting their basketball forms and, you know, things of that nature. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's how we kind of help with that as well. You know, AD, let's talk, let's talk about negative emotion and specifically things that may be happening outside of the game, you know, in, in society or, or things that happen in the world that might affect us uh, as athletes or coaches. And how do we deal with those things from a leadership standpoint? Yeah, I'll say it one more time. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I was just saying, like, how do we deal with, like, the negative, maybe some negative emotions or maybe some challenging emotional things that might be happening in society or in the world, you know, and then how do we, how do we deal with those things from a leadership standpoint? Oh, um, you know, how I, I think that we deal with it and, you know, just like, you know, with everything that's going on today uh, with, uh, you know, the George Floyd and, and everything that's going on today. Um, how I deal with it is I try to, you know, be positive, you know, with, with, with everything going on. And I know a lot of people, you know, are mad and frustrated and, you know, negative, but, you know, I really think love, you know, you know, kills everything, you know. Um, and, and as long as, you know, we just keep feeding positive and, and we have to set up, you know, stuff for the next generation and they have to do better than what we're doing, you yeah. know, so, um, you know, like with the peaceful protest and stuff, you know, I, I love it. I love that, you know, people are out there, you know, peacefully protesting. Uh, I'm not saying about the looters or anything about that, because that's a whole nother subject. Um, and I'm definitely not, 
you know, okay with that at all. But um, I, I think the, you know, peaceful protest and, you know, things like that, that positive will, you know, I mean, hopefully a shift this world, you know? So, yeah. so I think about that just being positive and, you know, peace. Yeah. You know, uh, I've been, I've been telling players recently from the recent events, you mentioned George, George Floyd um, to me, you know, the emotion is real. You know, there's definitely some real emotions like, you know, anger, frustration, um, confusion. Um, but I'd say mostly anger. Right. Yes. Um, and, and I've, I've had some, some moments myself where I'm just been like, man, like this is not cool. Um, my message to my players is very, very simple. Um, love everybody unconditionally yep. and be kind to each other. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. You know, like, yeah. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah. I mean, that that's, and it's funny because I told my players exactly that same thing, you know, that we're, you know, we're on the zoom since we can't see each other. And, you know, I had to first thing when all this stuff had to, I had to have a zoom call with, you know, my players because yeah. number one, you know, we have a lot of players of color on our team and, and, just as you said, because with all the stuff going on, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, mad, I'm frustrated as well, you know, even though I, you know, peace and love, but, you know, I, I feel some type of way towards it. So I could imagine myself as a 16 year old, you know, or 17 year old, 14 year old with all this stuff going on and the confusion and the, and the mad and the hurt. And, you know, I, I know kids can just, you know, just not really think and just say, you know, forget it. I'm going to do this. This isn't fair. I'm going to do this. And, and so just to get in, get ahead of it, just to let them know, like, hey, no, this is how we change the dynamic. You know, people been, you know, rioting and, and burning stuff, you know, back when Rodney King uh, uh, incident happened. And that wasn't the way. It's not the way. And nothing happened from that. You know, so we can't go back to just doing that. We have to come up with something else. And nothing, nothing can beat peace. Nothing can beat love. I mean, at all, you know, <laughs> so. Well, the beauty of sports is that, like, we could kind of get lost in the game, you yeah. know, and, and, like, separate all that stuff. But outside of the game, you know, what are some things you could think of specifically that the youth athlete could do specifically for these issues that are coming up? Um, I, I really think just having conversations, um, having conversations with, with older, you know, you know, older guys or older, you know, ladies that that been through, you know, stuff like this in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and 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 really, you know, getting you know knowledge from you know our our ancestors to to really figure out what's going on, how to deal with certain things, how did they deal with it? Um, because it was worse back then, you know, this is before right. camera phones and stuff like this. So um, it's very important that you know that they talk to somebody and let their frustrations out instead of keeping it all in you know you know voice your frustration don't keep it in don't i mean it's okay to be mad you know let's talk about it and let's see how can we fix it you know how can we fix this problem because it's a really bad problem and it's something that needs to be addressed and it needs to be fixed i mean just like, uh, I mean, it was a black president, <laughs> you know, so uh, it, it should be, you know, things should be, you know, everybody should be, you know, equal by now. <laughs> yeah, uh, my hope is that we can look past categories of race, ethnicity, even gender, we could look past those things. And we could just see each other as like spiritual beings, and that we're all together, we're all human beings, you know, like, my hope is that we can get to, to that point. I'm not sure if we can right now, because, and I'm not saying not um not like disrespect each other's cultures at all yeah. I'm, I'm saying celebrate each other's cultures celebrate yeah. the differences but like kind of almost look past them and and like see each other like for the real the real spiritual part of each other you know what i mean yes yeah yes, that's yeah okay cool man well let, let's move on let's 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 go back to the game okay. let's talk about let's talk about flow uh can you identify when you are in the game, in the flow? And I want you to answer that uh, as a player and as a coach. Um, well, as a player, I just know when I'm in my flow is, it's kind of, it's kind of like when I'm in coaching. It's kind of almost like the same thing. Uh, the crowd, you know, it's not there. I can't hear anything. I'm locked in on one goal, you know, one goal, and that is to win, to give my team my everything. Um, you know, as a player. So, you know, as a player, just locked in on my assignments, what I have to do, my rotations, 
stuff like that. You know, as a coach, uh, my flow, just like I said, when, when, I, when my players are running the offense, you know, to a T, when they're hitting their defensive rotations, when we're, you know, rebounding the ball, kicking it up and, and running, you know, the break. Um, I, and, and just like I said, the, the fans are not there to me. You know, me and my players are, you know, in tune and we're one. That's, that's when I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm in my flow. And can you identify that moment or does it just kind of come and go? Uh, it it, it kind of, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of hits you because you're locked in when, when you get a timeout, you know, your guys are fired up, you know, you bring them to the bench and, you know, everybody, you can just feel it. Like, you know, when I come and I kneel down and I have the players over me, you can just feel that energy. You can feel the flow. You can feel, you know, everything just, just right there. And, and you're in that, you know, huddle, you're just telling your team what to do and, and everybody is looking at you locked in. And you can tell when you look at every person in that huddle, from the coaches to the players, and they're all eyes on you, and they, you can see it in their eyes that, you know, that we're all on one page, you know. And I think that's when, you know, I, I feel the flow. Is it possible to practice that feeling? Oh, no. No, you, you, you can't practice it. There's no imitation. I mean, I mean, you can't. It's just something that just, it just hits, you know. Um, I mean – I mean, in our practice, you know, in some practices, you can feel it that, you know, flow has occurred, you know, uh, that, you know, everything is, is going well, but it, it's nothing like the game. It's nothing like the game. And I guess because of the audience and, you know, everybody, you can feel the support, you can feel everything, you know, in practice, you really just, you know, it's just us, you know, so we don't feel anything outside of the lines. But when that game comes, you can feel the parents flow. You can feel you can feel everything, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm. I guess I'm. I'm. I want to build on that a little bit. I'm wondering if if there are moments in practice where you, you know, you're just you're fluid. You're in the flow. You're locked in. Is it possible to bank like certain moves and and repetitions so you can access them later? Uh, in, in specifically in that flow, you know what I mean. Uh, no, I really like to let it be natural. Okay. Uh, you know, something that, you know, don't like to practice or, you know, I, I mean, it, it's kind of more natural for, for me, at least, you know, it's kind of more natural. And when that rim just feels like it's just so big and you can't miss, like, yeah. is that, is, that's what you mean by in the, in the flow, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you can't miss, you're just locked in. I mean, as soon as you catch the ball, you can just feel it like, hey, before I even shoot it, it's going in, you know, so... Is it possible, AD, for you to feel like that outside of the game? Oh, uh, I don't know. I haven't really, <laughs> really thought about it or tried. You know, when, when you love something as, you know, as such as a, a basketball, baseball, football, um, that, that really kind of conceives you. You know, you kind of identify yourself with those, you know, the, the sports. You know, a anything outside of that is just, you know, I don't know, it just – I mean, basketball is it for me. That that's just how I uh, how I get down. Yeah, yeah. I I think I'm I'm asking that because I think to me that's the goal is to to try to take those lessons and those experiences that we have within our games and yeah. then transfer them over to you know our professions, our within our family, within just even walking down the street. I think that's kind yeah. of one of the goals that I have for my life is to just feel that often. Yeah, yeah, and that's something actually I, I, I need to try to do as well, you know, yeah. have a flow with my family. <laughs> yeah, you know, stuff, me stuff too. Like <laughs> you know, this quarantine is how we had too much flow, you know. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, AD, let's talk about sources. Where do you get inspiration from? Ooh, uh, honestly, I, I get inspiration, just like I said, from my grandparents, you know, my mother. Uh, my mentor, uh, I know you know my mentor, Torino. Um, you know, I, I really get my inspiration from from those, you know, from those people. Um, you know, just, just from my grandparents, you know, I've always wanted to, you know, just make them proud of me, you know. And, and, and not only that, you know, I'm the oldest of six kids. So I have, you know, younger brothers and sisters. So I want to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, giving it my all for them as well. And they're looking up to me and, you know, seeing me. You know, so, um, so yeah. Yeah, shout out to Torino. He's awesome. He's an inspiration to me and, and another mentor as well uh, for me. Um, he, the way he just operates is, is very inspiring. Um, are there any specific players that you can think of or coaches um, 
in your life, in maybe in in your personal experience, or or just in general? Uh, yeah, uh, a lot. Of, well, a lot of people. It's not even really coaches. Um, you know, um, you know, Daryl Roper. Um, you know, he, I work with a guy, Anthony Locke. You know, Anthony Locke as well. Um, you know, he used to be basketball coach, but you know, he's the dean of students at Crossroads. You know, works his butt off, and you know, I see what he does every day as a young black man going into you know work every day and working hard and and, and doing his thing on the side. You know, that's really inspiring to me to push to, to, to be better as well. And, and, you know, that's who I want to hang around. You know, those are the guys I want to be around to push me to be better and do better because they're doing as well, you know. Uh, Absolutely. So, you know, so, yeah, so Anthony Locke, uh, you know, uh, Daryl Roper, as I said, Kevin Jackson, uh, those are the guys that, you know, kind of molded me as coaches. Uh, yeah, kind of really molded me. Shout out to all those guys, man. The Crossroads fam right there. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm wondering about MJ and Kobe and, and what influences. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, can't, I can't forget about MJ. She, yeah. she, she I, I'm sorry. I forgot. She really inspired me. Um, just like you said, uh, she really let me know. Are oh, you talking about Mary Jo? Mary yeah, Jo. Mary jo. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mary yeah, jo. yeah, for sure. Um, she, she just really showed me how to operate outside of the, outside of the game, you know, uh, in the community. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I really, you know, she's really inspiring to me and I, and I'm really thankful to have her as a, you know, mentor as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I interviewed her for when I need to vent, you know, she's right there with, yes. with answers. <laughs> I interviewed her for this too. And she was incredible and she's she, major shout out to Mary Jo Deutschman. She's awesome. Um, yeah. I was, I was actually referring to Michael Jordan, MJ oh, and uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, MJ and Kobe. And I was just wondering how, you know, what kind of influence they had on you. Oh, oh man. Um, well, well, those two in general, but Magic Johnson, uh, those, those three, I really looked up to that. I see. And I, I want to share a quick story with you about uh, Magic Johnson as well. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, when you see, when, as a kid, I see Magic Johnson on TV. I'm like, oh my God, he's smiling. He's so cool. He's, he's just a great dude. And I went to his basketball camp. And he was one of the meanest guys I have ever met in my life. You know, he was, he came on a basketball court and just was just talking trash and just was really on us. And I'm like, wow, you're not magic. Like, who are you? And, and I'll never forget at lunch, I go eat lunch and it's, you know, a bench that's, you know, next to our, uh, our campers mm -hmm. and magic comes sits down next to us. And I'm like, wow, here go Magic. You was one of my favorites. Now I don't know about you. And he comes and was like, hey, you know, I know you guys. I kind of got, you know, intense. But I just want to let you know, that's how much I care about this basketball game. When I'm on that court, I'm a different person. You know, when I step off that court, this is, you, this is me. I'm smiling. I'm happy. But when I'm on that court, I'm trying to win. And I'm trying to, you know, be the best. And from that day forward, I was like, okay, now I know. I have to be, you know, two people, you know, when I'm on that court, I have to be a dog, you know, I have to be relentless. I have to, you know, you know, this is the battlefield. And when I step away from it, I have to leave everything on that battlefield on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. I can't take nothing, you know, none of that with me, you know? And so that's what I've learned from, you know, guys like that and Kobe, his drive, you know, I've seen Kobe and his drive and his worth ethic. And, you know, if he's, you know, one person's putting up 200, he's going to put up 400, you know, and just the dedication. And you see, you know, from L.A., you know, you never really seen Kobe outside in the club at bars. You know, he's always just getting his work in, you know. Um, and, and so I've kind of always kind of looked up to that, you know, someone like, man, Kobe works hard. You know, I, I want it, I have to do that to be successful as well. Yeah, yeah. Major shout out to Kobe and, and his whole family. Uh, he, had, you know, he had major influence on me growing up as an athlete. And um, yeah, tragic, tra tragic, you yeah, know, tragic. talk about that for a second. Like, how did that impact you when you when you heard about uh, that? It's still so surreal to me. Um, I still have doubts right now that it's still it's still it still doesn't feel real. Yeah. Um, but but I remember that day I was out, actually out there in Calabasas and um, when we got the news, um, I, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it all the way until I, I really got home and really seen it for myself on TV. And, and, and I just couldn't believe it. And it just, it, it, it really affected me. It, it really affected me because I, I looked up to this guy and, 
and not only about me looking up to him and what he what he, he done on the basketball court, but just what he was just getting to do off the basketball court. You know how he was helping with the WNBA and women's basketball and and every and all the stuff that he was starting to do off the court. That that's what really you know got me uh, you know uh, choked up and everything when, when I heard about it because we lost a great human being and um, you know his memory will live on forever and uh, I'm just glad that he just got to touch so many people in, in his short, you know, his short lifetime. But I wish, you know, he was here right now and had more time to give more knowledge and influence and everything he was doing. I mean, he was a very special person. He, he wasn't an average person. He wasn't normal. <laughs> right. And, and how did your players react to that? Oh man. Uh, I mean, my, just being honest, my players cried, you know, um, we had a we had a conversation before practice like we always do and you know had a talk and you know a lot of them crying and you know just hurt you know uh i mean it, it really hurt it, it really hurt so they didn't yeah. they didn't think it well but just like we said we had to talk about it and you know to get it off our chest to to not hold anything in we can talk about it and be comfortable as men to talk about it amongst men if you need to cry you know uh, you know, man cry, you know, and this is a time to, to let it, let it out, you know, because at the end of the day, we're a family. So, you know, you're crying, everything stays in here. No one's going to tease you about you sharing tears or anything because, you know, you let your emotions and, and feel free to be you. And, and, you know, we're going to be us and we're going to help you through it. I love that. Um, AD, I found this quote uh, that you, that you said, and I'm going to read it. And then I'd like you to, I'd like you to expand on it and just kind of, and, and this is a main reason why you're inspiring to me. You really inspire me kind of the way you carry yourself off the court, um, almost a little bit more than, than what I've seen you do on the court. Cause obviously on the court you're, you're accomplished and you're successful, but the way you carry yourself is really, really great. Um, and it's a, you know, you're a role model. And, and so I, yeah, for sure. And so I found this quote and it really inspired me. So I wrote it down. And so, I'm going to read it and I'd like to have you expand on it and just tell okay. me where it came from and what it means. I believe a man must always prove himself day in and day out. That means I don't live by yesterday's accomplishment. So every day I prove my ability and my power. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I'm, I, I really live by that because, um, and you know, I was kind of more so kind of saying that about, you know, the state championship. Um, a, a lot of coaches, a lot of people get comfortable and they, you know, like to brag, hey, oh, state championship, oh, this and that, you know, and, and kind of get comfortable. Uh, me, I never want to feel that way. You know, I think I probably wore my state championship ring twice, you know, and people ask me, how come you don't wear it? Like, hey, I, I want to get another one. You know, that's, you know, I'm not going to live, you know, by that, <laughs> you know, I'm going to try to work and, and be the you know, best I can be. You know, I, I want more. I want more than that, you know, so. Um, that, that's what I meant by that. I don't want to live by, you know, yesterday accomplishments. I want to, you know, just keep getting better. Um, you know, my, my goal um, as a player when I was playing was to be the best player I can be. You know, so now that my role is transferred, you know, that's my goal, to be the best coach I can be. So um, day in and day out, uh, I just want to work on my craft to get better, to, you know, just to give back, to impact these kids. It's mm. awesome, man. Uh, let's move into the lightning round. Uh, okay. Again, answer these however you want, but, um, you know, shorter the better if, if possible. Okay. <laughs> How do you define success and what does being successful mean to you? Um, how I define success is um, not by wins or losses. Uh, um, I don't define success by wins or losses. I, you know, define success by, you know, just accomplishing something, you know, even if it's not, you know, the goal, the win, but that we got better. That's how I kind of define success that, you know, every day we just get a little bit better. We, we, we're better than we were yesterday, you know, and, and that's how I kind of, you know, define success that, you know, we're, we're coming along gradually and we're getting better. And what does being successful mean to you? Um, being successful mean to me is just really being consistent, you know, just really being consistent on everything that you're doing. Um, you're even keel, no, no matter what you're, you're just, you know, you're just, yeah, just, uh, consistent. Love that. How do you consider the idea of failure? Um, you say how I identify it. How do you consider it? Oh, um, 
I consider uh, failure as something that, you know, really, really with the group, you know, so if, if the group is not, you know, together and everybody's, you know, not on board, I, I feel like, you know, that's kind of like, okay, that's, you know, considered our failure. You know, if everybody is, you know, kind of, you know, not in tuned or like, hey, no, this is not it or engaged, you know, I, I think that's kind of where, you know, I consider that's a, that's a failure. Okay. Okay. What are the most successful habits that you do on a consistent basis? Um, that would probably be, you know, just working on my craft, just watching, you know, videos of, of practices, going to college practices, uh, calling, you know, different coaches and, you know, just sharpening my, you know, knives, you know, with their, with their iron, you know? Um, so that, that's kind of what I do to just stay consistent, just, you know, always, you know, tap into, you know, head coaches, tap into practices and, you know, just work on getting better. So every guest that comes on, I, I think of a word that best describes that person. Okay. And uh, for you, and I'm, I, I'd like you to think of a word that best describes you too. So you can think about that while I'm, I'm telling you what I came up with. Okay. Um, and I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but um, <laughs> so for you, I came up with, it's two words, but really it's composed is the word and then i put consistently composed <laughs> in front of that does, does that resonate with you yeah 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 that that resonates with me uh, you know just like i said i'm i'm always you know even keel um, i'm never too high i'm never too low i mean you're always going to get you know this consistent anthony you're always going to get no, no matter what you know so uh, I, I think you're right on with that cool <laughs> Cool. A any words other than those that, that come to mind for yourself? Um, just, uh, I guess lo loyal would be a good one, you know, because uh, yeah. uh, I'm really big on loyalty. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people has helped me out back in my, you know, in my time growing up and, um, you know, even in my position now. And and I want to make sure no matter what, I, I want to be there for them. So, you know, uh, just really loyalty and um another word i could probably say is just uh you know i guess i could say relentless you know because once i put my mind on something that i want to do it you know I i'm going to get it done mm. um, you know so that that's just you know I i've got that from my mom no matter what happens you know I, I have to you know i have to get it by any means necessary you know quote from malcolm x you know i always live by that so no, no matter what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> That's awesome. What's your mom's name? Uh, Yvette, uh, Yvette Davis. Shout out to Yvette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, what is the most important lesson that has helped shape who you are today? Ooh, the most important lesson, man. It's, it's been so many, but it's probably one that that I. Uh, that my mentor probably told me, and you you interviewed him as well, Torino, is that that and I and I hold on to this, you know, big. I'm I'm really big on this. Is that I remember one time he told me that, you know, never try to you know try to keep impressing people. Never worry about what other people think about you, about what you're doing, about your team, about your success. Don't worry about that, you know, because you will never please them, you know. So just keep doing you and keep doing right by you and your team. That's all you need to worry about. And so, you know, I really took that on because, you know, as a you know first year coach, you know, I want to be like, man, I want to prove that I belong. I want to prove that I've been the coach. And it's like, no, nah, you, you don't need to prove that. <laughs> you know, you don't need to prove that. Forget what they think, you right. know, keep doing it for you. So that has been one of the biggest lessons that I've really kind of, no, taken away from that. AD, that is huge. And I just want to stop right there for a second because uh, social media is, is such a big part of the youth athletes experience right now. And it almost kind of can take away from what you just said, because you're looking at, you're, you're, you're just, you're, you're constantly looking about at others and what they're doing and, and maybe the judgments come up. So can you just talk a little bit about how social media plays a role into that lesson that you just said? Oh man, social media plays, and now these days plays a huge major role in these young, you know, athletes lives. Um, I mean, we, you know, we've talked about, you know, let's use Sharif. 
for example, um, you know, very high profile kid, you know, a lot of followers on social media. And, you know, say if he posts a picture, you know, you know, you get haters and haters is, oh, you're not that good. Oh, hey, this and hey, that. And, you know, a lot of kids, if you're not really, you know, built for it, you know, it can really affect them. You know, I've seen it firsthand where, you know, kids are affected by people saying something to them, social media. And now yeah. they're worrying, looking at, you know, trying to please the, the person and please people. And just, just like, you know, we have conversation before our practice, like, you know, you'll never please them. You know, no matter what, you can have 40 points in a the game, they'll still give you a negative comment, you know, so don't worry about what they think. Keep working and, you know, just keep, you know, have on your horse's blinders and just keep going and moving forward. So um, it, it's, it's a huge role. Um, a, a lot of kids now, I remember, you know, back in my day, we didn't have social media. So I would go to the gym for two hours and just put up shots and, you know, leave out the gym. You would never know if I was in the gym unless you see me in the gym. You know, now kids are going in, put up their 50 shots, post their picture that they're in the gym and leave to go home to, to get some credit that they were in the gym, you know, or yeah. just, you know, following other guys and, you know, and, or just, you know, I, I see it in our layup lines. You know, we have, you know, overtime and baller vision come to our games and, you know, players, you know, our players in layup lines, they want to try to dunk even though they can't dunk just to try to get a highlight reel. And, and it, it just really messes with the kid's head because um, that's not what the game is about. You know, we want to limit all that outside noise and outside you know, outlets and just focus on, you know, this 94 feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a real issue. I'm glad you talked about it because it's, uh, I feel like it's only getting worse. Um, you know, worse by meaning like faster download speeds and just more content. And, you know, you have TikTok and it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, it's intense, you know? So I think managing that from a, from a leader standpoint, you know, and just for both of us, you know, for people like us who are, who are leading the youth athletes right now, just to, like, like real quick, one of the examples that, that is coming to my mind is I challenge my players to have uh, maybe one hour less screen time per week. It's like oh. a challenge, you know, and it's like, it's like, hey, can you can you do that? And, and it's kind of a little fun, like, oh, yeah, my screen time went down, you know. So yeah. are, are there any like challenges like that that, that you can come up with? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think I'll lose no, <laughs> no matter what. I, 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 I feel like I can't win with that, you know. I, uh, that, yeah, and that's yeah. another thing I, I've learned about coaching. You know, fight the fights that you know you can fight. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna lose it. Don't even, you know, don't even fight it. Just fight the fight you 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 know you can fight. <laughs> That's well said. That's well said. I like that. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Can you share the biggest challenge that you've been on through your? That, sorry, can you share the biggest challenge you've been on through your journey? Ooh, uh, I mean, it's funny because I believe that you were there for my biggest challenge that, you know, I was uh, six years uh, assistant coach and uh, trying to get the head job. And, you know, it was a challenge. Uh, I went through five interviews, uh, you know, to people that already knew me, already knew that I belong here. And, and just to, you know, finally, you know, get that position, you know, it, it was it was incredible. But that that was I would say getting the head coach position was probably the biggest challenge besides also losing in the uh, CIF uh, championship game uh, and have to go in there to, you know, a group of kids that gave it their all to, you know, to just get them back together. Um, in, in my coaching career, I believe those are probably the, the two hardest things that I've, I've had to, I had to encounter. Yeah. Uh, well, you you did a great job with, with both and, and managing both of those challenges. Um, really, you. you know, you the way you did that was 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 great because uh, I was there and I know it was challenging, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I commend you for your patience. <clears throat> you were very patient with it and you were very um, sure of yourself. You're like, yeah, I'm confident. Like, I know what I can bring here. You yes. know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate you. And, you know, just like I said, I. You know, it wouldn't be no state championship without without you to me. Oh man, you know, appreciate so, that. You, know, you you played a very big piece of it, and um, I, I will never forget it. As we talked about, and you know, and I'll owe you forever. <laughs> oh man, no, that's I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Um, let's let's talk about. Oh yeah, here we go. 
what is the biggest challenge you see for your athletes? And I know we just talked about social media, so that maybe could be it, but are there any other challenges that come up? Yeah, a lot, a lot of challenges is, you know, these uh, college schools, you know, really offering these other kids and they look on social media and see a lot of kids getting offered and, you know, they think that, you know, they have to hurry up to try to get a Division One scholarship when you need to become a high school basketball player first before a good high school basketball player before you think Division One. You know, so I think the challenge is a lot of kids skip, you know, thinking, you know, all, they already think about college before they think about, you know, mastering and, you know, dominating the high school level game first. You know, I think a lot of kids already think they see themselves as like, oh, well, he's D1 and I think I'm better than him. So I belong here, too. Um, sure. I, I really feel that that's a really big challenge for uh, the kids now these days. Mm hmm. Yep. Oh, I got one. I don't have this written down. It's coming to my head. What are, what's, what's the biggest challenge you see for parents of youth athletes right Ooh, now? Man, just really, just really seeing their kid for, you know, who they are, you know, really uh, being a hundred percent honest what their kid, you know, can do. Um, I, I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest problem because, you know, a lot of parents think their, you know, kid is Michael Jordan, you know, <laughs> Um, Derek Fisher, you know, I got emails. Hey, my son is like Derek Fisher if you give him a chance, you know. <laughs> so um, I think parents are just, you know, their expectations. I think they kind of need to just, you know, check those as well. Mm -hmm. And emotions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How important is the idea of having impact to you? Um, it, it's everything. Uh, I think impact is, you know, why I got into the game, why I got into coaching, uh, just to impact the youth and impact the world, you know. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's all that I, you know, it's all that I am. <laughs> I love that AD. That's awesome. Uh, just a few more here. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I'm on, uh, Anthony Locke's computer. Actually, he, he has to go. So. <laughs> oh, really? All right. We'll, we'll make it quick. Okay. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received and why from who? Um, the best piece of advice that I've gotten is from, I believe my cousin, uh, my cousin Clifford Young, he's an attorney out in San Diego now. And uh, his message to me when I was younger is just never quit, like never give up. You know, a lot of times, you know, you might not see it, it might work out for you, but, but just never quit and just keep going. So um, I know it sounds so cliche, but, you know, uh, it's 100% true. As, as you know about me getting the coaching job, you know, I could have been like, you know, hey, forget this, I'm going somewhere else. Um, but you know, the reason why I didn't quit was because of him, you know, he was, you know, voices in my head, keep pushing me and pushing me to get better. Uh, and, and that I deserve the job and walk in believing that you, I am the man for the job. So, um, that, that really helped me out tremendously. Yeah. What is your ultimate why? Um, honestly, my ultimate why is to be the best. Um, my ultimate why is to leave the uh, impact, not just for my kids, my children, but for every kid that I've ever coached, every kid that I have ever, you know, trained that, you know, I impact them in a way that they will pass it down to the next generation. Um, that is my biggest why. Uh, my biggest thing is I've always, for some reason, like growing up as a kid, I've always wanted to be remembered, you know, when I'm not here, when I'm gone. Uh, um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that, that um, you know, that, that, that always drives me is to, you know, when I'm gone from this earth that, you know, someone else that I taught can pass my message and pass my lessons on down to the next generation, the next generation, the next generation, and on and on. Yeah, that legacy, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, last question. Talk to me about fulfillment. What does fulfillment mean to you? Oh, man, it, it means everything. Um, I'm trying to get be fulfilled now, you know, um, but it's just the competitive edge in me that, you know, I'm just one of those guys, I'm, I'm just a tough critic on myself, not with kids, but just on myself that, you know, I'm never satisfied with myself. You know, I, I'm never satisfied. So, you know, I'm always itching to get better and do more. Um, so, um, you know, one day when I retire and, and sitting back and, you know, be an old man, maybe I look back and be like, okay, you know, this is what fulfillment feels like, you know, but until I retire, I, I don't think I probably would ever be <laughs> you know, fulfilled. So. So, yeah.
Man, AD, it's so inspiring. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, sharing some some experiences and some mindset and just everything, a piece of your heart today. That was that was just yeah, an awesome yeah, conversation, no man. Just like I said, thank you. I'm, I'm honored just that you even thought about me with everybody that you have. Uh, you know, I'm honored to get on here with you. And just like I said, thank you for everything. You mean a lot. And um, I'm here for you no matter what, brother. Oh, man, I appreciate that. Um, just a, a moment for some sponsors. Do you have any sponsors you want to give shout outs to? Uh, yeah, I would like to give a shout out to the Jordan brand. Um, it's our brand at Crossroads, uh, Undefeated. You know, I got my little Undefeated hat uh, repping them. And also Elite Sports Club and uh, U-Ball Training. Um, you know, those are my other basketball organizations that, you know, uh, I help out and they help me out as well. Cool, man. I'll leave links to all those things uh, here below. And again, your IG is at AD underscore U-Ball Training. Anthony Davis, been a pleasure, man. Let's do it. Let's do it again. Let's do a part two for sometime. Sure. For sure. Anytime, brother. All right, man. All right, thank you. Peace. All right, man. Thank you. Peace out. Have a good one. You too. Thank you so much for joining me on Within the Game podcast. Visit withinthegame.com for show notes and links on everything we talked about today. You can also subscribe to the mailing list, which will give you exclusive content from each guest, as well as more resources to help you stay inspired in and out of your game. Follow us on Instagram at Within the Game Podcast.